brought to you from the Badlands of Texas. You're listening to or you're watching Midnight Radio. I am your host, Gerald Schmemans. How is everybody doing and why the hell am I live? Because I am here and I want to talk to you. So I thought I would go live. Hey, I got the footage from the Idaho for Brian Kohlberger and his defense team trying to get cameras out of the courtroom. And I want to know what you guys think about it. We're going to watch the footage of the courtroom footage right now. And we're going to talk about it. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Open the phone lines, but first, actually, I got some, um, I got some voicemails. We're going to get to that later. I'd like to thank Lady Lisa for being our executive producer for the show. Lady Lisa, thank you very much. You keep us going. I'd like to say hello to everybody in the chat room. Hot Ham Radio Electra. I'm glad somebody got notifications. Let's just go ahead and start here, shall we? I know Hot Ham likes Mr. Kohlberger's green pants that he wore today, and I think I don't know how many more of you found it delightful here. If you have any audio issues, let me know, please. And yes, I will be heckling. Yes, I will be heckling. What's going on? What's going on here? He's got his hair slicked back and he's got the cuffs going on. Oh my goodness, what's going on over here? He got an extra long white shirt, and it looks like his tie is too short. Oh my goodness. I bet his pants are too are too short and his socks are too high. You can't tell, by the way, I use my walk. I'm a woman's man. No time to talk. All right. So let me get this straight. We're having this meeting to decide not if we're going to have cameras in the courtroom or not, because they're saying... The media has been in there with their cameras right on Kohlberger. And what the hell happens? It's like a damn parade. It's nothing but on Kohlberger. And they're like, oh, shit. The judge is coming in here. We better move the camera. The problem is with who you're allowing to hold the camera. You get one of us in here from Midnight Radio. We'll put the camera in the right place. Judge Judgy. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Only on your, only on your computer. 
the first the first round had something to do with uh, with constitution, uh, state constitution, uh, U.S. constitution, and I I'm not sure that that uh, that applies in this situation under Rule 45, and I I think that the Supreme Court, the Idaho Supreme Court, sort of addressed that a little bit in the former uh, former motion for mandamus. So, do you want to address that, the standing issue first? Sure, Your Honor. With respect to the Supreme Court's decision, uh, when we filed the petition in front of it back in January, I think they said that the media has the right uh, and should be able to intervene when there are issues related to um, First Amendment issues and access issues. And Your Honor, I would submit that we understand that ICAR 45 is absolutely the governing piece of law on this. But when we talk about press access to the proceedings, cameras in the courtroom, I would submit, Your Honor, are part of that press access to the proceedings because it's the it's the cameras in the courtroom, it's the ability to have pool coverage, it's the ability to have still photographers that provide access to a much greater number of people than, than even having just the, the um, reporters who are going to write things down and, and post stories after the fact. It allows sort of that broader access uh, that, that allows people to see sort of firsthand what is happening, um, and we think that's an important First Amendment right, Your Honor. That's a First Amendment right to have cameras in the courtroom? No, no, Your Honor. Press access is absolutely, and public access I think, is absolutely a First Amendment right. So, so the press and the public have full access to this courtroom? I agree, Your Honor. Having cameras in the courtroom, having still photographers, having live coverage, allows that public damn man i gotta stop this and talk a little bit this judge and the whole idaho court system seems to have no fucking idea of how press works okay they i don't i don't think they did it intentionally they just kind of bumble assed into creating this big hype into this shit because of their quashing because of their stopping the press from getting the story and the story getting out so we have people making up shit all over the place that is why you have to have a free access to press all right not only are they making it to where the only thing that we could see from this case is the paper file is the papers filed they're trying to keep cameras out of the court completely the only thing they want you to have is maybe Brian Enton sitting there on Twitter. And the problem is, if you don't have live cameras in the courtroom, assholes, then anybody can make things up. An example, an example was uh, something that was earlier, uh, the last video I had about the naked man theory. We had someone's third, uh, third set of eyes opinion talking about what was on an affidavit that wasn't available. And that's what you're going to have if you can't see it and look at it with your own eyes. They're creating this mess and they're continuing and judge judge is looking like clueless. Like he's in another world. Like he's in another dimension here in the Idaho justice system. Access to be much greater uh, than it was, than it is to just having people having to travel to Moscow, having to come into this particular courtroom, Your Honor. That has no implication for the United States Constitution or the Idaho Constitution. 
Can you I just want to clear this, this, this issue up in terms of what the standing is? Your Honor, I respectfully disagree because I think that the First Amendment and the Idaho Constitution both both contemplate this right broad access piece of it. And I think there's an argument to be made that having cameras in the courtroom step, takes a step from that first that right of public access and, and makes it more open to, uh, to additional people. So I think there is a First Amendment interest there. It's certainly not as strong as, for example, if the proceedings, there was some sort of um, order to close the proceedings or no journalist could come into the courtroom. I think that would be a far more significant uh, problem, Your Honor. But I think in terms of First Amendment interest, the broader, the, you know, maybe because there's some access already, the First Amendment interests are smaller, but I think there is a First Amendment interest in having broad access to the court proceedings. I think it's also in the interest of the court, Your Honor, to make that access as broad as, as possible because we're unfortunately in a day and age where for some people, if you can't see it, you don't believe it, or if you can't see it, it didn't happen. Honestly, I'm just not good at cooking, and I don't really need for people to see for themselves precisely what's going on inside the courtrooms of this country. Are there, are there cases that support that? That support cameras in the courtroom? No, no. They, and that, that is based in constitutional law. Well, Your Honor, I would say that the line of cases that we both cited, Estes in Chandler versus Florida, says that, that there is there's no prohibition on having cameras uh, not in the courtroom. There is not a case that says flat out, under the First Amendment, there is a right to have cameras in the courtroom. Okay. Well, I understand that. Let me, let me, um, because I was looking at, back at this, uh, this decision that the Idaho Supreme Court made, and it does say that uh, petitioners, meaning you in that case, or your clients, I should say, are, are correct that Idaho, Idaho's rules of criminal procedure do not provide a specific mechanism for third parties to intervene in a criminal case. Uh, likewise, the federal rules of criminal procedure do not provide for a motion to intervene in a criminal case brought by the United States. Of course, you know that. Okay, the third party they're talking about intervening is the um, press trying to have access to a camera pool. Okay, that is not intervening in a criminal case. The criminal case is against the state, against Brian Kohlberger for murdering four college students. Okay. Now, the only one keeping the cameras away will be the judge's decision, okay? The defense doesn't want it because they say it's bad for their client. There's no basis in that. They're basing it on, uh, here, let's just play the rest of this. This is just, it could be argued that they're not intervening by wanting the cameras there. Having the cameras there keeps anyone from intervening because you can actually see what is happening. You can hear what is happening without having someone else give you that information. And the only job of the media is to go a place that you're not and tell you what is there that you didn't see. Not all this added bullshit that you're getting from news nation not all this added bullshit you're getting from all these other media places you need the camera to see for yourself because you can't be there and to hear because you can't hear and that is it and having the camera not there 
All right. It can damage that. It can damage the public's ability to have that unfiltered, which is something we don't need. We don't need all these opinions about it. We just want to see it. Now, as, as far as they're talking, it doesn't matter if they take the camera, shove it up Kohlberger's ass. That is not going to change the outcome of the trial. Don't bullshit me and say it is. Now, they're going to come to a place where they talk about, well, maybe we can take the camera like C-SPAN, like I saw somebody in the comment section in the uh, chat room say, C-SPAN cameras never focus, never zoom. It's fine. I'm not there with a the camera. The people who don't give a shit about the zooming... We don't care about the fucking zooming. We don't care about the back of Kohlberger's head. Now, the judge is saying something about a C-SPAN. You know, they have the camera shoved to the back of the wall. Can we do that where the camera's in the back looking forward? Yes, that's fine. We don't care. That is fine. We just want to know what's being said. We want to follow this. Now, I don't know what assholes in control of this camera, but you need to fire them. If you need to take some people from YouTube here, here, I can give you one of these cameras. I got four or five of the damn things. I only use one of them. We can take it, throw it in the back. Um, it says, however, it's just funny. The people that are complaining about this shit, we're talking about the media that are there in that room. All right, with their damn cameras. Law and crime is there. Um... And there's another one there, one of the pull cameras. They're the ones that complain about social media people talking about it. And they're the ones that are causing the issue with the damn cameras. You assholes. Both state and federal courts often permit the media to intervene in criminal cases on a limited basis or at least file a motion as interested parties in the defense of public access and free speech, including in Idaho. So I think, I mean, we're on the same page on that, and, and I understand that. Um, this idea of intervention specifically versus uh, as an interested party, because I know in the Daybell case, uh, uh, the media was characterized as interested parties. Um, I'm just not sure that we get all the way to intervention because historically, anyway, my understanding of the rules is intervention means you are really a party in the case. And that gives you uh, significant more, sig significantly more access. I'm thinking uh, about this more as uh, an anarchist, amicus, uh, brief or presentation because I'm willing to hear it. I'm willing to read the briefs. I think that's important, but I'm not necessarily comfortable going to call it all or the media uh, coalition to be um, interne intervention, interventions. So do, do you see a difference there? Your Honor, I understand the difference, the distinction that the court is making. That's why our motion to intervene has always been uh, for a limited purpose. And, and, and you know, full candor, this was a difficult uh, one to sort of try to solve procedurally. Uh, it's been my experience in Idaho State Courts that rules and cases are read very literally, and we couldn't find a rule, so that's why we went to the Supreme Court to begin with, because there wasn't a rule that allowed us to do that. And I think for purposes of the proposed interveners, so Recordings just got better. Hey, it's Daniel from StreamYard. 
home. I'm so excited to announce. Media coalition in this case that being allowed to present its argument to this court, whether it's as interveners for a very limited purpose, and that's without a rule, that's typically, I think, how you would get in into a case. I was trying to liken this to like, you know, motion to quash a third party subpoena, but there's a rule that allows you to come in and, and challenge that. So when there was no rule, we were trying to identify, well, what is the procedural mechanism? And intervention is typically, certainly there's a civil analog, and, and there's a way to, that's just the analog that we requested from the court before. We think it's consistent with what the Supreme Court said in the case that it decided in, in April. But if the court does not want to give us intervention status, I remember we had that discussion a little bit last time, and, and we asked you to sign the order, so in part that would be precedent for us to do this, and you did. Yeah. Um, but Everybody agreed, time, so I yeah. signed it. But yeah. now I, I've thought more deeply about it. Yeah, and and I, I think, Your Honor, if the court would rather the media coalition appear as interested parties, and that would also serve uh, the media coalition, and we'd be happy to present argument just as interested parties so that there is some entity speaking for continued access in the program. Okay, and I could even, I could even label you as media coalition. That would be fine with us, I think, Your Honor. Okay, great. And there, there is some language, uh, and I, I don't need to read it now, uh, page 14 and page 15, that uh, kind of caution uh, going too far with intervention or what we call it. And, and, I, and I, I'm trying to clarify this a little bit. I think the Supreme Court is trying to clarify it a, a bit in criminal cases. Uh, and I, I, my reading of this is they really don't want the media to just be coming into the, mi the middle of criminal cases to, uh, I guess, exercise their concerns. Exercise the right of the American people? Hey guys, there's a poll up right now in the chat room. If you guys, if you're not in the chat room, you can go ahead and vote on that poll. I want to know how many people think there should be cameras in the courtroom. I'm talking video cameras. I don't want a still frame of the back of Kohlberger's head. With the initial um, motion to intervene and the issue that was raised last time about the non-dissemination order and for this issue with respect to you know, cameras in the courtroom, those were worth about sort of fundamental access to the, to the sources of information um, that this trial and this proceeding uh, are really all about. And so that's it. I think you know, the media doesn't want to have to they don't have to pay me, Mr. Corlin, every time they want to make an argument in court, and we don't think that would be appropriate either. It's just those issues that really fundamentally affect what sources of information they can access in the process of reporting on this story, Your Honor. Okay, great. Thank you, Ms. Olson. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I'll give you first. Mr. Dudley? No. Well, Your Honor, the state uh, has no objection to either classification of the media for the limited purpose of uh, helping the court decide this issue. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Redley. Okay. Mr. Lawson. We're not going to object, obviously, to hearing from the media, and I certainly understand the court's concern, and it's interesting, but um, I mean, so long as I guess they're not filing things willy-nilly and making discovery requests. Uh, we're not terribly concerned about how they're... Great. Thank you. 
Maybe I'm just being a little nerdy about, or, you know, the, the rules and, you know, uh, even the, the history in Idaho, and also uh, relying on some of the language in the uh, petition for writ of mandamus. Damn it, I was hearing about the writ of mandamus. What is this bullshit upon me now? What is a writ of mandamus? About to find out. Uh, that the Supreme Court issued on... Uh, I fixed the clock for you guys. Just kidding. I guess it was April 24, 2023. So, um, I, I, I really think it's more... That's right. Coop, this is a media's lawyer right now. ...appropriate, uh, and I looked into this to some some level and to uh, serve an amicus uh, brief, uh, but not considered as a party, as an inter- intervention, an intervention uh, but sort of a presentation or brief um, addressing particular issues of interest um, that are important, no question about that. Um, so that's how I'm going to view this. And uh, I'm going to deny the motion to be intervent to in, for intervention. Why am I having heart that? But uh, um, but however, I will certainly consider the arguments, uh, consider the briefs, and uh, I will consider that while balancing the concerns of the, both the state and the defendant too. So, so let's move then to the arguments on cameras in the courtroom and we'll start with Mr. Kruger's team uh, and I believe uh, that's also going to be you Mr. Blogston. Sure, I don't tend to take a lot of time. We've briefed this. Moreover, we somewhat argued it uh, a few months back. I think our position is that uh, the court, I think, understands our concerns about uh, turning this into a spectacle the way that that may prejudice the public against our client, the way in which that dehumanizes uh, people in the Constitution turn this into more of a TV show drama than a purpose which is what it is. And I think everyone understands that. He's talking about having cameras in the courtroom turning this to a drama. I swear to God, if they do that crap, I'm going to have hand puppets up in this motherfucker. I'm going to have a puppet here and a puppet here. And you want to see a damn circus, I'll give you a circus. I'll juggle some fucking balls with my butt cheeks or something. Uh, Our concern is that since that time, it doesn't seem like much has changed. Wait, that didn't sound right. Never mind. The media's argument, as far as I can understand it, is that the cameramen are here doing their jobs well. There are editors for various organizations, there are people on social media that take those images and then do things with them that we may not like. And that if the court removes... They're saying giving access to cameras, which is in a lot of trials, by the way, this isn't a new thing. And, and, and they're not even talking about a live camera in there. They're talking about having a camera in there, um, having a pull camera. People can take the images and manipulate the images. I've done that. 
It might do things you don't like. What does that have to do? What does that have to do with Kohlberger being guilty? The hell does that have to do with anything? You smarmy bastards. Does it hurt Kohlberger's feelings? Damn it, I'm sorry. When I put a clown nose on you, did that hurt you? When I put the little beanie cap on him, did he see that? Did that hurt their feelings? Presumably those people will just use older images and we want to get back to things with all very far. Our position is that removal of the cameras uh, does two things. One, it stops new images. By the way, by the way, taking an image and manipulating it like that is uh, under the Constitution, you're allowed to do that. Uh, they found that that is legal to do. So you think this guy here, he's a master lawyer. He knows we bullshit. He's been operating what? 10, 15 years. They make this shit up as they go. The judge is the one that keeps it on track, but he's letting them talk him into stuff. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens. I don't think we can underestimate the power of novelty when it comes to what the public is interested in. The use of old pictures becomes so hung. There's a reason why you know, we live in a world of memes where people are constantly trading around pictures. They quickly get old. There's a new one. It seems like every day there's hundreds of brand new images. So the concept of removing this sort of almost sideshow. Um, no living being should ever eat processed food for every single meal of their life. From what's being put out there, we think would be an important way to kind of take away the sensationalization of this case and just kind of reduce it to hopefully the words on the page. And if they're using old photos, etc., um, you can't stop them. But we just don't see that as being as big an issue as a constant stream of new images that are being manipulated. Are they talking about me? I, th- I almost feel like they are. Uh, our secondary point. Did you see that clown nose he put on that boy? It's just that we don't like where the camera's currently sitting because it looks like where I'm sitting and my laptop. There's people out there making fun of things. They're making fun of us, Judgey Judge. On screen, so that if you look at it from the side, you can't quite see what I'm doing anymore. But it's oh wait, oh shit! Wait, that's the lawyer when Kohlberger was bending over, and he was walking by and grabbed his nose. I made it look like Kohlberger was farting on him. Shit! I'm sorry, guys. I had no idea. This is all my fault. It's a distraction for us because we feel like essentially there's a camera right over our shoulder, and we certainly understand they're not uh, zooming in on what we're doing. I'm going to send this bastard the world's tiniest violin. But I think we've already oh, I'm going to take your picture and draw some on the back of that shiny head. We've seen that once they make these... Make it look like a big ass. ...just passing around. I mean, they're all cameras, and somebody else could presumably do that. And so that causes us quite a bit of concern as well. So if the court decides that removal of the camera isn't necessary you know when he goes back to his law office they're gonna have all kinds of pictures manipulated of him they're just gonna be laughing at him and 
I don't really have much else to report. Let's go ahead questions for me. Well, I have, I have to one comment or, or question because in your one of your briefs, I know I've had two sequences of briefs uh, because we had this earlier, but this one's here, uh, a newer one where you were saying, well, um, this is a quote, where were it only the kind of cameras used to show the workings on the house floor on C-SPAN? Um, I may be showing an age, but they might have better cameras now, but when I was well, I'm sure younger, I, it was just this camera like way over there. Yeah, well, that, that's that's the point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I made me think about that. It's just plant a, a uh, camera up there if everybody can just see what's happening from the back of the courtroom, maybe that can satisfy everybody just partly. But that, that was kind of my suggestion. That was my suggestion. I feel like somebody's going to throw a tomato at me, but that, I thought, might be uh, a way to kind of give, give a little uh, and just kind of protect what we're trying to protect. I've never seen anything very sensational on C-SPAN. That, and that's literally what I was thinking. Yeah, Although, Luke Gingrich got pretty close to Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, are we going to Mr. Rudley now? Man, they people manipulate C-SPAN all the time, man. There was a C-SPAN junkie. He put all kinds of neat things in there. I mean, God, just because you're ignorant doesn't mean it's not true. Ms. Olson gets at the end of that, and then I'll uh, go back to the parties. Go ahead. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, as we previously discussed, the decision of whether to allow cameras um, in the courtroom is discretionary for the court. The state outlined our concerns with allowing cameras in our responsive brief and in our June 6 briefing. Primarily, those um, concerns are preserving the right to a fair and impartial trial for all the parties, protecting sensitive witnesses who will testify at hearings um, and trial. Get your free Thomas Sowell ebook, Trickle Down Theory and Tax Cuts for the Rich. So- In this case, and safeguarding um, evidence, which is the graphic nature. We agree that the media plays an important role in the court process, and we appreciate in their briefing the measures that they identify to address some of our concerns uh, for protecting vulnerable witnesses or uh, evidence which is of a graphic nature that they've done in previous cases. However, our contention, um, our contention is that the safest way and best way to address all of these concerns is to prohibit cameras in the courtroom or in the alternative prohibit cameras when sensitive or vulnerable. It kind of sounds like Mr. Rogers, doesn't he? The only way we can do this is to prohibit cameras in the courtroom. All witnesses are testifying or there's evidence being viewed that's of a graphic nature. What do you do when you feel angry? What do you do? I'll stand for questions. Okay. Thank you. Okay, who's also? Thank you, Your Honor. And I think, you know, legally, for where we were, 
three months ago with respect to what the court rule the court has to consider in terms of whether to continue to allow cameras in the courtroom, and that's Idaho Court um, Administrative Rule 45. And I think, Your Honor, when you read through that rule, it really addresses the concerns that the parties have raised to this court about what the court's discretion is, about what it can, uh, how it can direct cameras where they're to be in the courtroom, all of those things, that it can restrict uh, camera coverage when there is a particularly sensitive witness. And I think, Your Honor, what you saw in the declarations that we submitted, the declaration of Rebecca Boone and the declaration of Grace Wong, is that these are journalists who are experienced in covering court cases, and in covering court cases where there are cameras, both video cameras and still cameras, and following the court's admonitions about what can be covered and what can't be covered. And I think, particularly, Your Honor, with respect to Ms. Boone's declaration, and Ms. Boone, who is a graduate of the University of Idaho's journalism program, who continues to be an advisor to that program, and who certainly would have not only the best interests of her employer at heart, but she understands this community. I mean, her experience has been that when you have these cool uh, cameras, both still and video, and when you allow camera coverage to the extent that you can, it better serves the public, and it helps ameliorate the, the kind of um, media, or media scrum is probably not the, the term that my clients would want to use, but the sort of big gaggle of journalists who accumulate outside of the courtroom uh, when there is no opportunity to be inside the courtroom, when you can't, when you don't get the opportunity to have that uh, procedure. So I think the court can use Idaho Court Administrative Rule 45 and craft a solution that continues to allow the journalists who are working hard to cover this case to be able to do so in a way that both allows them to provide really a first-hand account of what's going on. And again, Your Honor, I don't think we can underestimate the importance of that first-hand video account as well, because there are just we're just in this day and age where people are used to seeing things firsthand. There's cameras everywhere. Um, to be able to really have great confidence in the proceedings, I think it's important for the court to allow some sort of in-courtroom camera coverage of the proceedings. People are going to need to be able to see firsthand for themselves um, how the evidence is presented, uh, how the um, you know they want to see the rulings in courtrooms. They can learn a lot from that in a way that they can't learn from people who then are in the courtroom and they go set up outside and, and they talk about what happened. And so I think you know, that's a good reason to continue the policy uh, that the court has had. And then I think, Your Honor, with, with all due respect to Mr. Lawson, I just don't think there are the violations of the things that the court said at the outset of the June 27th hearing. Now, I was not here. I read about it in um, Mr. the attachment that Mr. Lawson made in his initial or the reference Mr. Lawson made in his initial pleading in this round. And, and my reading of that, Your Honor, it's in a, actually in a Fox News story, is that the is that the court said, and of course the court said it, so I'm sure the court's memory of it is the, is the best, but that the court uh, made a comment that the court should, of course I'm having a hard time. Back, back up. Back up. That's what I. That's what I said. That's one of the things I said. Yeah. Okay. It, it was just focusing, focusing right. too much in particular areas, and so I was, I was just cautioning uh, the media to step back, and they have, they have pushed the envelope. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that. Okay. Well, Your Honor, I think, I think that the, what the media heard on that occasion, as reported by Fox News, was that the cameras needed to show a wide shot of the courtroom and not focus strictly on Mr. Coburger. 
and, and I think that phrase from Mr. Strickland and Mr. Coburger has clearly been interpreted to mean you can still take pictures of Mr. Coburger, but he's not the only one you should be taking pictures of. And there's certainly a limitation in, in print media or the online stories, I and mean, you don't always have video. So what, what I've seen, and I think that the examples we provided to the court, where there were pictures of lots of different participants in the, in the courtroom, and they're trying to show everybody. And if the direction from the court is instead, look, there can be no single pictures of Mr. Coburger, the, the challenge is, and I think even Rule 45 says this, you know, there are some limits on how much the, the court can tell you the editors, and I think because they're not here in the courtroom, and some of those people may still choose to crop out just a little bit of that picture. And, and Your Honor, I don't think that that um, runs afoul of what the court has in mind. I think that what you've seen is an attempt by the um, journalists who are here in court to show a wider shot. And then as we wrote in our, our brief, you know, from that courtroom angle there, I mean, it is, it's, you know, I think I said it's not a football field. You know, you don't, it's hard to get sort of the full perspective where the camera is sitting right there. If there's a way to, to station the camera at the very back of the courtroom, maybe, but those are also the things, like you saw this in Ms. Wong's declaration, the court TV people have a lot of experience working with courts and trying to find the best way to both serve the purpose of having cameras in the courtroom and being able to present to the public the proceedings as they occur, and also not be obtrusive, you know, not cause noise, not run afoul of the court's admonition to focus in on any particular individual. So they are more than willing to work with the court to do that. They just ask to be continued to be in the courtroom because I think you are, when we look at the full media coverage, they haven't run afoul of that admonition. There are certainly still individual pictures of Mr. Coburger, but that will continue to happen regardless, Your Honor. Well, sure. I mean, in, in some ways, it, it kind of misses, misses the point because it's the sensationalist uh, sort of spe spectacle. Live streaming can be tricky and sometimes concerning and, and from uh, one of your, well, the, the declaration from uh, TV or court TV. Uh, yeah, court TV. You know, I looked. I looked through. You know, all the uh, the cases that they um, filmed, and you know, some of those could you could question whether that was a, a very dignified way to have a trial. And the, and the classic is O.J. Simpson. So they're 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 saying, oh, this is this is great. This is great work we did. You know, filming this. But if anybody watched any part of that case, it was a circus. So that that is that is one of the concerns in in this particular case. The courtroom was a circus because a lot of the people involved, like the lawyers, were showing their ass. That was documented on the camera. Is that the problem? One of the uh, lawyers from Kohlberger's team is going to look like an asshole. I mean, what's the deal? Are we going to try on gloves? How's that the problem of the reporters that are just have a damn camera pointed? I mean, granted, it was a circus when they're videoing the uh, the Bronco, you know, the twenty, the fourteen-hour car chase. We have um, a lot of interest, and we have a lot of people that you can't control, that your clients can't control. And they are uh, putting out stuff that is harmful. 
it's harmful for the case, for this case, for, for, for the process uh, to have a dignified trial. This doesn't have a damn thing to do, what he's arguing, doesn't have a thing to do with the cameras in the courtroom. Their problem with social media, it's like you guys are saying the chat room. You don't show us, we're going to make something up, man. I'm not bullshitting you. I will come out here with undignified sock puppets. I'll have a curly, freaking slick back hair for uh, Kohlberger. I'll sh- have the camera on the back of its head. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. There's people making the most ridiculous stuff up. You guys should see half of the emails I get. Has nothing to do with the cameras. Having the cameras in the damn courtroom, Judge Judge, eliminates that because you just have what's actually happening. What is the deal here? It's like the fucking Twilight Zone there in Idaho. That's my worry, and that's my job. So I... When I when I have been talking to the media, just like just kind of can you back off a little bit because I've been very accommodating and uh, I just start feeling like can I really trust them to do the right thing? And it's not necessarily the camera people, okay? It's where that that film goes and how it is manipulated. And how people are, uh, you know, commentators, uh, inter- how they talk about it. Okay. They, they don't even want you talking about this. God, you. Oh, I'm trying not to insult a judge too much. I can show my frustration, but I don't mean disrespect. We have AI, numb nuts. We can make up the whole thing now. We can make up the whole thing. You want me to make up the whole thing? I got AI over there. Is that I'll make up the whole thing. I can. Okay, how they explain it, and uh, a lot of times it is not very accurate. And I don't, I don't watch all this stuff, but I've watched enough to see that uh, how disinformation, uh, misinformation. Is pumped out there along with the with the images and with the with the uh, films. So, how do we deal with that? It's not it's not the same uh, media now than it was ten years ago with social media, for example. I can't control that. You can't control that. I understand that. I mean, it's going to happen anyway. Man, you don't understand. So, then what are you talking about? This? I swear, guys, I can use. I can use AI and I can do, uh, when they come to the trial, if I get a written transcript, they'll have to at least give us that at the end of the day. I swear I'll do, I'll do an AI music video with Kohlberger dancing in a, you know, in a tutu. If that's what they want, we can do it. Uh, all I wish is that everybody had a little more, uh, respect for, what we're doing here because it's not entertainment it's a tragic issue okay and that is what is disturbing to me i'll tell you what's disturbing to me is the way idaho law works this um the order the silencing order that silenced everything kept us from knowing that is that is what disturbing is this is uh your government corralling you, your government keeping you 
and check and balance instead of the other way around. Their their whole thing is screw you. And uh, I'm glad I, I don't live in Idaho because of this. Personal. Your Honor, if I may, I understand all of that completely. I, I have been, I have been in Mr. Thompson's shoes in a very disturbing, heinous murder case with a lot of the pressures that go with that, and dealing with victims and victims' families, and, and that is that is a that is a very challenging position to be in, and being able to, I think, Your Honor, um, having having worked in. The- Who are they talking about? Were they talking about uh, uh, one of your favorite rappers? What was his name? Then you just get all the pictures of people going, you know, in and out of the, in and out of the courthouse. But you're going to have the same content, Your Honor. The way to battle this information is to provide the accurate information. These guys are, dude. We got we got AI. We can make it stuff up so easy. The accurate information is what happens inside this courtroom. The accurate information is the only way to go. With the cameras positioned in a place that provides the best, most overall perspective of the courtroom, and with if there are sensitive witnesses, then the court can give direction and the media will follow that you don't get to, to film those witnesses. The rule provides you don't get to film the jurors. There are all sorts of sensitivities built into ICAR 45, and, and the media would ask the court to use those tools rather than saying, no, we were, are not going to allow cameras in the courtroom, we're not going to allow video in the courtroom because then you just don't get that accurate picture that they can portray out there. And Your Honor, I do think, you know, with all due respect to the comments that Mr. Logsdon made in his reply brief, the members of the media who are in this coalition, who I think are covering this trial, who I think includes the news editor from the Daily Argonaut from the students at the university, they are here because they think it's an important public service to cover the proceedings in a criminal matter of such importance to the university, to this community, and I think you are really to the state of Idaho. And as I recall from my comments when we were here in June, I mean, this case has affected people all over the state. There are you know, young people who were students at the university that I know who, who, who were affected by what happened. And having you know, some ability to understand the proceedings and to get the closure will be important to them, Your Honor. And I think this court, um, rather, I think the court, this court accomplishes much more by allowing the cameras to stay in the courtroom and giving them firm guidance and working with them than it does to send them outside. If, if you want to see spectacle, 
I mean, see, the 40 cameras set up outside of the courtroom, and every time someone walks out, they sort of get ganged up on. I mean, that, I think, Your Honor, is spectacle. With respect to the O.J. Simpson trial, which is one of the first sort of highly uh, covered ones, I think the point of that one was to, like, look, you, you can have camera coverage of these cases, and the person, it's still possible for them to get acquittal. It's not prejudicial in terms of guilt or innocence uh, to have cameras in the courtroom. But I think, I think everybody learned a lot from that trial. It, it, made, you know, it certainly didn't reflect well on poor Judge Ito. It didn't really reflect very well on the prosecutors. There are things that may have been playing to the, to the camera. Didn't Judge Edu become Edo? Didn't he become a Supreme Court judge? So I mean, he made out. Maybe Judge Judge doesn't want to become a Supreme Court judge. Because of that, but I think we all learned a lot from that. Oh, look! The only reason why this is the spectacle has become is because of the motions to suppress that they filed. He is. Kohlberger is less than a nothing. I mean, if these murders hadn't happened, hell, he wouldn't even have uh, been viable in his job the way it was going for him, right? But why do we care? And they're going to continue to do that? Makes no sense. And hopefully, changes can be made about where the cameras can be positioned. And part of it's the responsibility of the participants in the courtroom you not to adjust their behavior for the for the cameras. I don't see you know Bill Thompson, the late Todd County prosecutor of years and years and years adjusting his approach or, or Mr. Nye or the others who are working on this because there are cameras in the courtroom. Um, I know Ms. Nassoff, I don't know these lawyers as well. I know Ms. Nassoff is not going to adjust her uh, performance in the courtroom and she's going to do everything she can for that client and I trust these lawyers will too, regardless of whether there are cameras in the courtroom. And I think your honor the public and this community will be best served by having those cameras in the courtroom and making sure that the guidelines that the court wants to put in place are there and that there's this firm understanding by members of the media that they're going to, that they will follow that. And, and I just think it's just not true that these are met, that the people who we represent and the people who are in this courtroom today are here to make a spectacle of this proceeding. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Ms. Olson. So I, I just uh, I hope I sent out a message uh, to to the media and everybody else uh, that please have patience, be respectful, and be decent. That's what I. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. Any response uh, to any of that, Mr. Logston? You don't have to. <laughs> I, I, yes. I'm really sure where to go with that one, but obviously nobody's talking about throwing the media out of the courtroom or making the case so dark. I wouldn't want that. After all, I think the public definitely plays a, a very big role in making sure that we all do our jobs right. We're just talking about the images. We're just talking about putting you in your place. That's what you are, you damn slaves. That's what you are. We rule you. This is what they're saying. Coming out of this, sounds like the court. Here's where we're coming from. I don't think I have a whole lot more to add to that. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Mr. Redley? Nothing further, Your Honor. Okay. Well, uh, thank you all. I think it's a very interesting, really kind of powerful issue uh, that is, is uh, a benefit and also potentially a harm. 
uh, and that there's a lot of balancing that will go into this uh, consideration. Introducing the hide and seek from Belroy. The hide and what? A traditional wallet on the outside. It hides a few tricks. Hey, on we got Australian commercial on the inside. Uh, of course, I am especially sensitive to the parties of the case. I saw uh, Mr. Thompson kind of smile a little bit about, you know, there were all in a lot of these cases where they were sensationalized and uh, heavily filmed and talked about. Um, the the, the defendants were acquitted. And so, therefore, that proves that they got a fair trial. Um, well, we want, we want trials to be balanced uh, for both sides. And uh, I, I don't know if I was reading your mind a little bit about that, Mr. Thompson, but um, it, can, it can tilt. It can tilt, tilt a case uh, one way or the other. Uh, if it's uh, if the media is well trying the case in the media, and we don't want that because that's not based on evidence. That's not based on the rules of the court. Uh, it's damn sure not based on evidence because we don't know what the evidence is. We still don't. And it can get out of control. And I think some of those cases that were cited in this in the uh, declaration. Court TV uh, personnel um, are kind of seeing it one way, uh, and they have they have a certain job to do. I understand that, uh, but some of those cases, in, in my opinion, uh, kind of spun out of, out of control, and that uh, based on uh, the media and how heavily it was covered. So that's my worry. I'm going to figure it out and try to do the right thing for both the public and the parties and the rule of law. So with that, we're adjourned. Thank you all. And the camera goes right to Kohlberger. We'll see him stand up. Let's see him stand up. Let's see if he has some butt sweat. Did he have some butt sweat? He was sitting down there for a while. Focus on his seat. Maybe there's maybe there's some drips on his seat. He got out of there fast. He may have to go wee wee. Alright, speaking about wee wee. Okay, guys. The phone line was open. The phone line's open now if you guys want to call me to put my banner back up. Just in case you need some information right there. We are going to be live Friday. Fruit Loop Friday, 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. After that, we're going to do a a live radio show. And we will be also streaming it on YouTube. So it'll be new, something we haven't done before. You're not going to be hearing the music. You're just going to be hearing the DJs involved talking behind the scenes. You have the radio on. You're going to hear us talk about the stories we talk about and you're going to hear um, the music playing and the DJs talking and stuff on the radio. And on YouTube, you're going to hear everything but the music. And while the music's playing, you're going to hear the DJs talking. We call it Friday Night Live. You're going to join us 
for that. There's going to be a big party. There's going to be prizes we're going to give, give out. And there's a contest. I'm going to tell you three stories. Three are not true. One of them is true. And the first one to find out or to say the correct answer of which one is true, there will be a prize. That is Friday Night Live. That is this Friday after Fruit Loop Friday. Check it out. All right. I do have some voicemails I want to play right now. I had some videos come up lately and I have more videos coming out of interesting stuff. Uh, the more I look at the timeline, the more interesting things happen. Okay. So before I am, I'm, I'm right now, I'm about to play the voicemails I have. The phone number's right up there. 325 261 You can always leave me a voicemail message or you can call in now. If you want to talk to me for a little bit. Hey, Bread to Kill. Uh, good to see Cindy Herring, Bread to Kill. Connie. I've been saying hello to you guys. We've been watching this together. And what we've been watching is them arguing about should cameras be in the courtroom? I'm ending the poll right now. And survey says. The hell does the survey say? It says 31 votes. 96% says, uh, you guys think there should be cameras. 3% says no. Very interesting. And Natalie A., hello, thank you for being here. All right, let me go ahead and play this first voicemail message I have. Um, let me. I have to do it just right because the system is finicky. Oh, God. All right. So here we go. I'm going to play it. Damn thing. Should hear it. Here we go. Midnight radio. <laughs> just don't disclose. I don't know if my, my information is showing up there. No, 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 no. I just wanted to say, I brought that up a long time ago about this naked man. <laughs> and, and it's ironic in as much as it's so outside of the norm. It's like way out in left field, but a lot of times it's those way out in left field things that actually have some valid, valid validity. So I'm glad you brought it up, and I'm sorry. I, you know, I try to catch your show, but I think we're on different time zones or something. I'm on the eastern uh, coast of the United States, eastern standard time. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was pretty awesome, All right, so I did have a video come out again uh, a couple of days ago about the naked man theory and how naked man theory was actually, it was Bethany Funk, and they were saying that she had stated that she saw a naked man run out of the house. Very interesting. So was there a naked man that ran out of the house? You know, we heard Dylan Mortson's testimony that she saw bushy-eyed man but never bethany funks always said she saw nothing i see nothing and there was an affidavit and kohlberger's lawyers wanted to speak to her because they said that she had exculpatory evidence and they set up a meeting they subpoenaed her they said you do have no right because i have moved to las vegas now and oh, apparently they were wrong so they had to set up a time and to have a meeting and they were just going to have it 
I think they were going to meet halfway or something like that. Anyway, they went ahead and did the uh, grand jury early, called the secret grand jury, because nobody knew what time it was going to convene till it was time and the interested parties. That's why it's called a secret grand jury, for those of you that are asking. Not that other grand juries aren't secretive, but that the secret grand jury, you don't know when it's going to be. We already had a date for the grand jury. It wasn't the same as a secret. So they did that, and they quashed any Bethany Funk testimony, going to the defense, any sculptory evidence that might have happened. And they never talked about it again. Now, we know that Bethany Funk's mother is a lawyer. She must be a hell of a high-powered lawyer. Anyway, that is the Naked Man Theory. If you haven't watched the video, check it out. If you're watching this and you haven't before, go ahead and hit subscribe and hit the bell and join the conversation. Uh, and if you want to, if you like the video, if you like going over this stuff together, then go ahead and hit that thumbs up. All right, let me play our other clip right here. Hi, Jerry. This is B. Roxon from the Misty Mountains. Just calling. I found your show interesting. Uh, brought up a point that's been bugging me. Um, I kind of look at the defense and the prosecution like they're playing a chess game. And uh, that thing with Bethany, uh, they really didn't want her to be interviewed across examined but at least not in the hearing and so that secret grand jury seemed to uh nix that in the bud and uh, i think that was the whole point so something's up there i believe the other thing is she was downstairs i assumed in the bedroom downstairs so she in order to see the bare naked uh guy running out the slider she would have to, I think, come up the stairs in order to have viewed that. Um, I don't remember the exact way out of the house. But um, anyway, the other thing was the two statements. It was a long time ago when they uh, put out two different statements from the police officers that had viewed the scene about that knife sheaf. And uh, there was confusion, and then later they... Seemed like they covered it up and cleared it up and made it sound, you know, uh, clearer by saying that it was found beside Maddie. But the reports, one says it was underneath her body and the other one says it was, another guy said it was next to her. But if it was under her body, it have to be just covered in blood. So I, I find all that strange and how they kept switching it around. The whole thing's just been funky in general which is sad because there's a you know it was a horrible massacre like you said anyway those are my views i just appreciate the show today and um have a good good one if you guys enjoy the program uh appreciate if you hit the like but not only that but if you'd like to if you like the radio portion of this you'd like to see that continue or you'd like to see this show continue if you make a donation of $20 or more, you become an executive producer for the show, and you get called out for it and appreciated for it. Anything under 20 is great. Anything at all is great. We appreciate it. And, guys, we're on Twitter. So if you're having problems finding out when the show's going live, well, you can join me at Twitter. It's at, it's the at sign, capital midnight, rad underscore IO. Check it out. It's right there on our community page. I have a post about our Twitter. You can join us there, and you'll know when we go live. And um, 
That's great. I want to thank our callers. If you're watching something or you have a deep thoughts about this Idaho four case, you can call me during the week. Anytime. If I'm not live, call three, two, five, two, six, one, zero, eight, nine, two, leave a voicemail manager message. You have up to three minutes on there. And, uh, we'll listen to it, play it on the show. If you're going to say, Jerry, don't play this on the show, then don't call me. You're wasting my time. All right. I don't like that. I hate that. All right. Send me an email or something. Midnightrad.io101. But if you, if you, what you have to say to me, you can say to all of us. That's what I'm saying. I appreciate that. So, uh, like I said, if you want to donate, you can do that. There's a cash app dollar sign. Midnight Radio 101, that is Cash App, dollar sign, Midnight Radio 101. I'm not profiting off of crime, guys. Every single cent you send goes to our music radio license, and our music radio, they can't change what we play on there. Normally when I go live, I'm also broadcasting on the radio. I'm not doing that right now because I don't want to interrupt Julie's show. Julianne's on there right now with Third Rock Radio, but... um. Normally I go live. They cannot stop your our communication. They can't do anything about it. YouTube can't control it. We're ever on website, midnightrad.io. If there's information, you can get it from us, and we will get it to you. If they don't allow cameras in the courtroom, I want them to. I don't mind if they're pushed in the back. That's fine. Um, I wish they would stop zooming in on stuff and just quit jacking around and just put it right there in the middle where they have the whole damn thing like this where you see everything there in the room with good audio. I enjoy good audio, all right? But if they mess that up, I'm going to be pissed because I feel like they trampled rights, you know. But second of all, I'm going to accept it, and uh, we're going to do AI video, no problem. You want to do that? All right. Well, well, you thought it was bad before. I'm going to put clonos on everybody's. All right, we're going to be back on Friday. All right, we're going to talk more about this case. We're going to talk more wild-ass speculations and wild-ass theories. I do think there's a time and a place for that, especially when there's lack of information because of court orders in Idaho. I want to hear your wild-ass theories, wild-ass speculations. You guys are coming through on that. You're emailing me. My email is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. I appreciate it. I've heard a lot of wild stuff. I've been connecting some dots, and just the stuff I got back from the footage of the family speaking about the timeline, you know, it's far from, far from what the court put in there their documents so we're going to talk about that and all the other things that bother you this friday and i've got a lot of other true crime stories that's going to be this friday at 6 p.m central standard time we call it fruit loop friday here after fruit loop friday we're going to be done at eight o'clock and eight o'clock me and the other djs are going to be going live we're going to be playing your requested songs requests and dedications you can use that phone number 325-261-0892 and call us when we're live on the on the Friday night live at 8 p.m. and uh, request a song or dedication. Maybe there's a special somebody you haven't seen in years, or you can email us, midnightrad.io101, or on the website, midnightrad.io. We have a big candy 
red button. You can slap your meat on that thing, and there's 30 seconds. You'll have 30 seconds to leave us a message, and it'll give you a place to type the name of the DJ. You can put Friday Night Live or your name or whatever you want on there, and I will personally play your song on Friday night, dedicate it to you or whatever you want. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Dude. Appreciate it so, so very much. You guys have no idea. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. Somebody has a request right there, but I'm um, sorry. You're going to have to use the official official way to ask for a song. 325-261-0892. I need your voice. I need your voice. Can you play Mazzy Star Fade Into You song? Yeah, I can play everything. Our license covers everything. But you got to ask the right way. 325-261-0892. Oh, yeah, got to slap that bud. Thank you guys very much. You guys are amazing. You guys keep us going. Believe it or not, there's a lot of work that goes in this, and especially the radio station. We do it for you. Midnight Radio is a radio without limits. We're, we here on YouTube, we give back. Everything we get, we give back to you. We give you value back for the value you give us. Thank you very much. Until next time, all my best. <laughs>